now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival review podcast of Randwick's big four group ones, Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals. It was such a thing to look forward to on Saturday morning until dot, dot, dot. Yeah, good morning, Rafi. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's um, it's, it's always a challenge, isn't it? I guess when we look at it from a well, firstly, let's let's look at how that day started out. Race one was minus seventeen. This is on the raw figures. It's seventeen so below benchmark. Yeah. So uh, officially, it started off as a heavy eight. That says heavy ten, doesn't it? Well, we're hundred percent at least heavy nine, right? Right. Right too. Okay, yeah, because they're two-year-olds, we, we give a little bit of an allowance, but it was just like I was going back in time when the race two was minus 32. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, you know what, they're three-year-old fillies, Goldings, they weren't really trying that hard. Let's see if we get a bit of a rebound come race three, and race three comes along and it was minus 31.9. <laughs> and then we go to race four, and it was minus 45, Ralphie. So it was, the, it was a 2022 okay. Swamp was back. Yeah, you know, this is beyond heavy 10. Yeah. I guess the biggest frustration for me, you know, A, as a professional, that to have only a limited range of water go on a track, right? Yep. For it to just completely crumble is seriously a joke. And I kept thinking about, they would have known in advance, just like I did come Thursday or was watching YR, and there was just talk about not a lot of rain, just a little bit of rain. When you start playing games, booty draining yep. and doing these sort of things, this is this this is part of busting open a track because what are they trying to do? They're going to try and be that smart and out, not only outsmart the weather, they probably were trying to work out how do we take biases out of the track. And as soon as you do that, we've seen this over history, Ralph, and we've talked about it many times. When you start playing those games and then nature comes in and throws a bit of water, you're in a lot, a lot of trouble. And for a big day like that, 100% track management, poor performance, poor performance. Seriously, not good enough for one of the best racing cards I'd seen in a while. And this is just purely professional, right? Because that amount of rain does not constitute minus 40, 45. It just doesn't constitute that, Ralphie. No That's all. Yep. Okay. So what... what um you, you you like your money, Vince. You don't like wasting it. So what was your mindset once you saw that first lot of figures come through? Well, unfortunately for me, and this was probably not many times I really get disappointed not to bet on the day because usually there's strong validation. I was going in with a supremely confident mindset, right? Yeah. And generally speaking, when those things happen, nine times out of ten, I, I, I put money in, in like, especially as we're coming into Easter, right? Yeah. But I can get some Easter eggs. But I, <laughs> I just put the cue in the rack and said, I'm not playing. I had no interest at Bendigo yep. at all, right? So I just watched the good racing or the great racing. I call it good because the ground conditions and – just said, I can't believe I'm not even having a, not even a penny out. It's just so sad, really sad. All right. Well, we'll start with the Doncaster. That was probably yep. the feature of the four races. So let's ha- have a listen to Darren Flindell's call. <laughs> And Mr. Brightside staves off 
my Oberon on the Friday on our podcast. And, of course, you can listen back to our preview podcast always. We always put them up completely unedited. It's up to you to decide what information you want to take out of it. You were very keen on two horses, Mr. Brightside and Fangirl. Uh, of course, Fangirl we know can't handle a wet. And Mr. Brightside we know can handle a wet because he won the 2022 Doncaster, as uh, Darren Flindell called. He went back to back and last year was on a heavy track. You surmise with Mr. Brightside and your race speed profiles that you send out Saturday morning, won this race last year. Current data indicating he's not only going as good, but he's latest seen him post a new PB, outstripping previous set in this race last year by 1-2.2 overall. Of course, that was in the All-Star Mile. So... Overall, Vince, what you were saying was his IVR figures was just trending north. They, they'd labelled him the new better loosen up, and at the moment we haven't seen anything to say that he isn't. He's just a winning machine. He really is a winning machine and did it, did it superbly, really, when you think about it all. I mean, overall, fourth best performance of the day, plus three, solid, yes, uh, slightly off on, well, a couple of lengths off on what it did to start before. But a completely different setup from a race point of view and ground conditions. And thank goodness, I mean, for the stable, firstly, to have this horse super fit. So should this come, this was going to be an advantage in the end for the horse to be able to be in in a rock hard condition. And the ride, I mean, it was fantastic. He did exactly what you really wanted to wish for if you had money on the horse. And that was for Zach to get off the fence, have the time, get into those lanes and you're going to be a very hard horse to beat, and that's what happened. So he, he staved off my Oberon, I suppose that was the surprise to the market, but, and, and again, we're, we're completely talking Monday hindsight, because on Saturday morning, even when we did our update podcast, we're still thinking that we're, we're going to, we're going to you know, we're five at worst, instead we've got a ten. But uh, what wasn't a surprise with my Oberon was his Cox Plate Day win last year, which was his first Australian start, was a serious performance, and it was on a wet track. So the question was, could he, could Annabelle Neesham get him going uh, third run in after not doing much in his first two starts? And did he ever? He, he really turned up. Well, he did, Ralphie, and just touching on that performance on the heavy track, that, the W2 was plus 13.8. So we're talking about a supreme mud runner. Right. And, yeah, he just came to the fore. And actually ran right up to that performance of Mooney Valley, where I mean, Mooney Valley was a plus 2.7. This is plus 3, so we can say slightly better, right? Yep. And funny thing is, Ralphie, I'd been watching this horse very closely, and I was taking a position that at any point in time, this horse is going to leap out the ground. And I, I was just thinking, I hope he doesn't catch me out on the day I'm on something else, right? <laughs> and, and, and the reality was... Probably now I've learned even more about the horses that, gee whiz, if these grounds are wet and there's going to be more of it to come or they continue somewhere else, he's going to be a very difficult horse to beat against any runner. Yeah, and I'm just peeling back the All-Star Mile, and one of the things in a brutally run race, you can be at the back and you're seemingly doing nothing, but actually you're doing something because the, the, the field's going so fast. And just, just talk us through actually his first two sections in that All-Star Mile. There was there was just no loafing. No, well, the speed was – they went minus 6.7 first section, Ralphie, because yep. of the ground condition. But here's the thing. I, Mr. O'Brien was only six lengths off the lead pack which yes. is a fantastic place to be. And when you have this sort of ground conditions, there wasn't much of a move between the 8 and the 400. The Between the 8 and the 400, I mean, the move, like let's say for Mr. O'Brien, was roughly four and a half lengths. This is in the Doncaster. Yep. Oh, sorry, yeah, in the Doncaster. Yeah, sorry, yes. 
Whereas in the all-star mile, he's improved five lengths in the mid-race and he's half fit, second up. Correct, correct, yes. So he's he's closed though, Vince, third best last 400 of the day, second best last 200 of the day at the end of a mile. That's that's serious work. Yeah, they'd be pretty happy. And while Annabelle Nishan, she's... Very good with horses fresh, and this one's taken a little bit more, but obviously the the big gr- ingredient's the wet ground. Yeah, and so what did you learn about Nugget, I suppose, once again, uh, obviously handle the wet, but also rock hard fit having raced since Melbourne Cup Day? Well, the horse, obviously, that helped the horse, as it turns out, the ground conditions and where it was, and, and it, put in, it put in a superb run, probably just slight overreaction in between the eight and the four may have... Uh, well, I shouldn't say may have cost it from winning. The reality is that probably, uh, you know, how do I put it, just probably confirmed how good the stable is about getting horses ready for big races. No doubt, hope in the heart. We know what she's like. She's a she's a good horse and she obviously handles the ground. Fangirl saw Joe Marrera after the race. And, uh, she, she she ran well, but she's much better uh, on top of the ground. And that, that's his first race ride on her. So obviously he he felt what we knew, and that was on a good track. Uh, Animo's the only horse to have beaten a recruit one level, and uh, I wish I win, which we're about to get to, is the only other horse in a feature race, which, of course, the Golden Eagle isn't officially a group one. But, uh, yeah, she just needs that clean ground, Vince. Yeah, and look, if the track had been, let's say, S5, maybe S6, worst case scenario, probably still kept the horse in because it has some traction on some give, but yep. not at this range. This is like, it's like they shouldn't have even turned up with the horse. So going forward in a couple of weeks, I suppose it, uh, if 1,400, if, if it remains wet, my Oberon, if it remains dry, we can, can see, we can see some turnarounds. Sorry, if it comes back to dry. Yes, well, let's hope that happens. But yep. maybe more important, let's hope these uh, track managers start to, you know, think a little bit smarter in the way they prepare a track and not start to try and, you know, outsmart the whole planet and and nature. Well, we've seen it twice this year. The other one was the Magic Millions Day and that got uh, called off after two races. So just <laughs> let the tracks be tracks. Well, I'm sure if they didn't verdi drain it. Yep. I didn't muck around even with the watering side earlier. Yep. There's no way that bit of rain, yes, we would have started maybe on a G3. Yep. And they're not allowed to. Oh, good, goodness oh, no. me, you'll go to jail, right? That's right. You know, like if you're, if you're a serious person, you will do and articulate what's appropriate. But unfortunately, if you're a yes person, then you won't, you know, like, and that, and that means you're not a true leader, right? That's what it means. And bottom line is, had they done that, we probably would end up with the S5, S6 worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. If I go back in time at Randwick, Ralphie, and there's been rain and they've and the track's been very good, they hardly put a dent in it. Yeah. And I went back and looked at a number of things from years ago, and I go, this is just bullshit. You know, it felt like we had 100 mil of rain. That's how the track raced. Well, I, I can remember as recently as the 2021 Everest Day when Nature Strip beat Mask Crusader and Eduardo. You, you adjusted your times down because the track was flint hard. Well, yep. yeah, how those horses keep going? No, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> Nature Strip went to England and won. So, I mean, I yeah. I don't know any horses that break down because of a track condition. It just means they might have had injuries and they've happened to come out on a fast track and they've overextended themselves, but they were always injury prone. But it's not because of a track, you know, fast track. Oh, you have bigger problems on real wet tracks. Well, I'll, I'll back the truck over this on this final point because we're talking about the All-Star Mile. So you adjusted Mr. Brightside's win down from plus, uh, what, five lengths? Yep. 
Yeah, because the track was Flint hard. Mr. Brightside wins the Doncaster. Cascadian wins the, wins the Australian Cup. Nugget ran fifth in the race. He ran third on uh, on Sunday. And my Oberon ran second last and he ran second on Sunday. So didn't affect them pulling up too well. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Far from it. Yeah, absolutely. Right, the TJ Smith, um, this takes two minutes, but this is what we bring to the table that you don't hear anywhere else through Vince Cardi's IVR work. I confidently say I've never seen a new market or probably any 1,200 Fleming race as fast over the first 800 metres since I've worked with you. Wow. And this is the thing, right, that you could have this type of scenario play out, and it was brutal, absolutely brutal. Six lengths fast and stand, no surprise that Snapper finished last, right? No surprise. <laughs> and just on that, so, so let, let's take a breath. This is a standing start first 400. To yep. be six lengths above benchmark, Fleming in 1,200. What do you got, 1,200 records? This is a phenomenal early speed. Yeah, they just took off. <laughs> and and they literally took off. And this just put pressure on on every runner, really. It just did. Even if you're travelling above benchmark, that's still a very good speed, but it just means that it's going to create this scenario where the dulling of the finish could come into play because it's not sustainable. I mean, not only did they do that, but look at the charge in the mid-race, right? Yep. The average speed in the mid-race, and this is taking all runners into consideration, was five lengths faster than standard, the average. And then if I just go and just yeah, hone on the top five runners, you, you need to be about six lengths faster than standard to cope and be in the race. So you can have all types of thoughts uh, watching the race, post-race, and I'm talking about your first thoughts and mine were, okay, mm-hmm. I wish I win. We're both super keen on it. I know Absolutely. the way you played, Vince. You were, you were, you're a place onside man, so you, you still won on the race. But uh, in secret, we'll get to. But I just want to say that, that you know, you can talk about lanes and everything else. In the end, your eye is not going to tell you how fast that first 800 was. So the point being, Vince, in that new market, that was an insane first 800 sprint, as I said to you. That's the fastest I've seen in the decade I've worked with you. And that didn't give I Wish I Win a chance to breathe to show his best because they're just going flat out from the jump. It was an outlier race shape. On Saturday, he had a chance to breathe. Nature strip, Marzo, giga kick lengthening, and I wish I win down the outside. I wish I win, went past giga kick, Marzo. I wish I win from last. A spectacular TJ win. <sighs> The ride was phenomenal. Seriously, Ralphie. Luke Nolan, just how, you know, like, how cool must he be, right? But you are right about this part because when you look at the optics and you see, you know, the gap, but then when you pin it and you put it on the chessboard and you say, okay, lead speed 4.1 lengths below benchmark, I wish I win 8.8 below. He's actually less than five lengths from the leader. With that, the, the getting in the lane, and there's no question he got in the fastest part of the track, and this is all you could see, it was very, very much their tactic because that's how they ran the horse. They had one plan in mind, and that was to be wide, clear air, best ground, and let's see if we're good enough to run them down. And as it turns out, Nature Strip's not what Nature Strip used to be, right? Yep. And oddly enough... Of course, the the track conditions. I'm not saying Nature Strips a, a champion on heavy ground, right? 
but definitely the wet ground helped bring him himself closer to the rest of the runners. But the move, you know, from minus 4.1 to 0.3 below benchmark was probably as good as the horse could go under that ground conditions. And that really just helped everybody even more. And particularly, I'm talking about like the first two horses in the race, both I Wish I Win and Giga Kick, to absolutely really in nature strip and put in a, a super show. But oh, I Wish I Win, it was breathtaking from my point of view. I did feel Giga Kick floundered a little bit, Ralphie, and didn't, you know, it looked like his traction wasn't quite as good. But still, Herculean, but uh, all on as I Wish I Win. The class runner going into the race and delivered. And my view is, <sighs> look at the versatility of this horse. I can't believe that uh, probably Mr. Moody, Jesus, Ralphie, he's just a he's <laughs> pretty just, good trainer, Vince, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, and, and hey, here's another thing. Two weeks in a row now, right? Last week, the signal, because uh, I, I like to listen to my instincts and signals, and signal comes like Cummings is going to Flemington. <laughs> I was going, wow, he's going to Flemington. Race morning, someone, a single isolated bet, 10,000, I wish I win. Right. I'm going, 10,000. Right. Okay. That I'm not saying, but I was saying to myself, stable driven. It was just the thought that was going through my head, right? Because yep. when, it's, when it's really early, because a lot of the pros – they probably have little niggles, but the real money comes when they start to see all the fluctuation and the, where the move, the movement of the money and how it's shifting, right? There's liquidity in the market. Yeah. yeah. But when it's early, yep. there's serious intent. And there it was. There was 10 on it, right? Yeah. One single bet. And it was the only uh, serious bet that could have been even noted on that horse and, you know, relative to any other horse as well. So... I said to myself, this is probably stable driven. Okay, they're coming. They're coming to play, and let's see. And yes. they delivered. He'd really never seen a proper heavy track before. He'd, no. Uh, he'd won on his first Australian start. <laughs> let's peel back a bit of a couple, a couple of things we saw, we saw last spring. First Australian start was Memsey Stakes Day. He ran the best of the day when he bolted in by four legs when the avalanche came for him. He ran better time than the uh, Memsey Stakes on the same day. And how often do we say that, Vince? When you see a horse uh, from nowhere outstrip a group one, you you just know there's no bullshit to it. No, there is no bullshit. And and the bigger thing is this, about like, because I touched on, you know, Mr. Moody in the beginning. First start, 3.2 above, right? IVR benchmark. Second up. 4.1 4.1 above. Even though it was a colossal race, the figure kept climbing, and then he's come out and run 5.2. That's master training, Ralphie. That means not only was he getting the horse to run near his, you know, capability through the first two runs, he knew there was even more to come. Well, if you if you listen back to what we said after the Sandown win, so that's 25th of the 9th, it would have been on the 27th. Yeah, listen back for yourself. You, you said maybe this is the best horse in Australia with Animo in front of it. But we were thinking Cox Plate at the time, possibility. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's what I, I was definitely thinking that, Ralphie. And he was he's obviously Mr. Moody's been adamant about that he wants to have a real crack at having this horse as a sprinter. Well, that... What does that do now for an Everest, right? I'm sure he'd, he'd, be, he'd be just, you know, be so excited. 
Oh, well, well, the thing is, and again, all honours Peter Volandis, he just thought, well, there's $10 million for the Golden Eagle. Sorry, another point we want to make is that after yep. Turak, what, was, what we identified was a 13 days after that phenomenal Sandown win, he was flat. Yep. And he was. Even, even a horse as good as that, it, it, it's, it's very hard to rebound. So he was flat uh, three weeks later, wins the Golden Eagle, this time in. Lightning stakes, phenomenal first up. And then, as we said, there was an outlier race shape. Um, so we've learnt that he's an elite word tracker, have we? Well, we definitely can be a high level of confidence because uh, I'll just have a look at that WTI. Here we go. Oh, 9.7. Sensational. Absolutely yeah. sensational, right? I mean, he, he technically, uh, if you look at that very first run at Caulfield, of course, I was uh, my internally. I thought the track was sort of borderline S five. Yep, and that was showing an early figure of nine, right? But really, you couldn't, you know, use that as a franking tool. But now we can frank it, and also what we can frank, Ralphie, is this: this horse has got versatility. Because when when you go back to that Rose Hill victory over fifteen hundred meters last campaign, that was plus five first section. <laughs> like so, the horse can. Being a you know high powered race, and he's he's still racing you know like at optimum level, so he can handle versatility. No, oh, just we're probably very fortunate to have uh, such a uh, high quality horse come. Yeah, well, and he's got he's got that uh, versatility that, that that's for sure as well. Well, he does, but that also, I know, like I was a little bit surprised about. Nature Strip sort of being at the top of the market, you know, as we're getting closer to, well, I think it was his favourite, wasn't it, in the end? So here we go. So, all right, let, let's, let's peel, peel back that that question, Vince. You, you couldn't have been stronger and you can, as I said, you can listen to our, our preview podcast that the best is behind this horse. So clearly what's happened is Chris Waller couldn't have been happy with the horse. He stated that on Friday and the uh, the robots have looked at it. Well, it's a heavy track. He's won these TJs on heavy tracks. He's won uh, everything that, that's been put in front of him, but he's just not the same horse. No, he, he's not, Ralphie. I mean, and, and he returned it. He repeated an identical plus 1.2. To the lightning. To the lightning, yeah. right. Now, he's – but he's one little thing that I am going to point out, though, Ralphie. Now we're just going to do trainer versus trainer, right? Yep. Or trainers this time. Moody, the preparation to continuously improve and get the horse race battle ready. And how many times have you said over the years, Rafi, over the 10 years that we've been communicating, it's probably a bit longer, and I heard you often used to say, like, we were on the radio and you'd say, that's the advantage when you're rock hard fit and we're on a heavy track. True. Yep. Yeah, good point. That one extra run makes the thought process of Peter Moody like brilliant. Giga kick, one less run. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Even Nature Strip. Now, Nature Strip would have been for different reasons, right? Sure. Yep. But still, one less run. So I'm going to, well, I riddled myself this, right? Sometimes when horses get older, again, I'm just looking through the prism of history of data analytics, they take longer to come to their top. Yep. And as it turned out, we're on a heavy track, race battle-wise, probably one short as well. 
So I'm not going to sit here and say that Nature Strip still can't run to the threes. I'm okay. not saying the fives. Yeah, I I'll get it. Gone. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'm yeah. just talking purely from another race start. Like next start, we're going to see this horse wherever they, if they step it out. I'm sure this horse is going to improve further, but not to the, what we used to see. And I'm sure Giga, Giga Kick will now most likely peak. And he was outsmarted by a better trainer as well, as it turns out. So complete spitball here. If uh, if in a month's time they were the Everest was in a month's time on a good track. Would you still be as keen on Giga Kick, or do you have to just completely uh, elevate I wish I win from a respect point of view? Well, I never disrespected the horse. No, that's true. Yeah. Right, because I knew that uh, the horse was going in as the highest class runner in the race. Yep. Of course, taking the position that Nature Strip was past his best, right? Yes. And Giga Kick was a riser, and we hadn't seen the best. Now, there wasn't a lot between them, so... I now can sort of sit back and say, well, was I wish I win it at its absolute top? Well, I can't say that. Right. I, ca- I can't actually say that it's a bit like uh, our horse, <laughs> which we haven't touched on, in secret, right? Yep. You don't know. They still could have more to come, especially when they're from the elite stables, right? Yep. So my view would be this. Unless something comes from a different country or a different part of the spectrum or a brand new horse just turns up that we don't know about yet, Ralphie, they would run one, two, and it could be exactly the same outcome or it could be closer. There might be another horse that's in Australia called Amelia's Jewel, but we'll break down what oh, she did wow. on Saturday. Wow, <laughs> so wow. We yep. will do that as the group one bonus. So if, you want to, if you're a member, if you're a group one member of the Year Round Cuddle, uh, Vince will uh, d- give you the information of what Amelia's Jewel did on Saturday in her lead up to the Cocker. So that's, uh, that's, that's our little bonus as a thank you to our members. If you want to be a member via my website, racetrackrelfie.com.au. As little as $5 a month, you get uh, best of the day each week sent to you from Melbourne, Sydney, which means, of course, you would have got Mr. Brightside's uh, right up and, uh, and very other bits of information on the way and if you're a group one member you get regular bonus podcasts and today it will be about amelia's jewel all right let's have a look at the derby let's have a listen to the derby darren flindell's call major bill in front of virtuous circle virtuous circle moving up to major bill major bill still kicking from virtuous circle major bill lifting in the derby and major bill too good beat virtuous circle. rock hard fit major bill wins advantage up on speed vince because there was no speed no, there was no speed, and <laughs> oh, come on, Ralph. how slow? Tell me how slow. <laughs> I'm just going back. There was a, a couple of hurdles or steeples, and it wasn't last season. It could have been maybe two seasons back. I'm not sure exactly when. Right, they were running around minus thirty threes first section. <laughs> this is like four thousand eight hundred meter. The steeple, right? And yeah. here we are, minus 33.7. Ah, oh, come on. Invisible hurdles. Invisible hurdles? <laughs> are you joking me? I mean, but when you put these things up and you want horses to race, what do you want people to do? They're going to be safety. Yep. You know, take precautions. A lot of these horses can say, well, can we stay on this really heavy ground? Well, what do we do? Let's go as slow as we're allowed to go, right? <laughs> That's what's happened, right? They've gone as slower, but what can't be denied is this, though, Ralphie. The move in the mid-race was, like, red hot. It was, like, this was the race of the eight, last 800, and it was super powerful. And I have to say, for Major Bill to 
great benchmark. Yep. Just missed the top 10. With that race shape, big effort. Big effort. Massive. Well, so all on us there. The, the second one was Virtual Circle. Uh, our members always get a chance to ask us a question. Yep. And uh, Tim's asked, did the best horse lose the derby? Virtual Circle looked to be flying the eye. How was its close on the, on the clock? Well, it, this is interesting, right? And this is, I guess, what happens. When you go so slowly, the closer you are, obviously, to the lead speed, yep. the better your chances, generally True handicapping, speaking. Vince. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that is. It's true handicap. This is how you really can then use that judgment into play. When I look at the overall last 200 metres, that was only half-length difference between the two. Yep. Major build last 200 was plus 3.3. Virtuous circle was plus 2.7. But probably what plus stopped... Plus minus. Uh, minus, sorry. Yeah. Both of them were minus two, 2.7 and minus 3.3. Yep. Where I guess the, the real tail of the story was, was when you look at what took place between the 600 and the 200 metre mark, Major Bill went from minus 3.1 to minus 0.5. Virtuous Circle went from minus 1.8 to minus 2.3. And then, as it turned into the straight between the four and two, the horse's Obviously, kicked down as much as it could. It's already produced a massive move. Uh, but the move's like, it's over five seconds, Ralphie, right? So you're going to start to get very tired. The horse went from minus 2.3 to, to minus 0.2. And that probably, that move between the six and the four, had it been just more even? But it, it was all about, like, when you go and watch the tapes about how they were so huddled up, right? The negotiations to put yourself in the winning spot got very dangerous for everybody that was in the pack, right? Yeah. And that cost the horse a critical half length, but I have no doubt that probably cost it more on the overall finish, and that minus 2.7 last 200 could have been a lot better because he really went for an extension between the four and the two to try and win the race. And you could just see the horse just tanked out because – you put in an over five, over five seconds of uh, mid-race move, and then you you have that little bit of adversity at a critical point. And lastly, you've gone for the biggest move you could to try and put yourself, you know, well, probably think you like you were going to win. And obviously the horse was probably running like it was going to win, Ralphie. I'm just looking back from the week before on the uh, quick backup. How fast was he going in the Australian Cup? <laughs> well, yeah, okay. If we look at it from that point of view, <laughs> Um, what, what, what is the figure here, Ralphie? Here we go. Uh, minus plus four point six. Wow, wow, <laughs> big, big. Yeah, this, this, this. That was actually big, and there was a big tank out that that day as well. When I look at the overall last eight hundred meters, I mean that was a massive conditioning improvement. And again, not quite visible on the margins of six point four, but that that came to the forefront race day. So a horse like Elliptical, just good luck when you're conceding a big, big amount of uh, um, margin to a leader who's got it on his terms in a race like that. Yes, for sure. I thought the biggest runs, Ralphie, uh, I'll just pull it up here. Let's go to the internal sheets. Yeah, I, I like to, under some, I don't do this all the time. Yep. I actually like to time their last 50 and 100 metres especially because I want to see how the overall velocity was. And what's interesting is, and knowing that these horses we might see again, a high approach was uh, like unbelievable. Like it had the, 
at least two to three lengths better last 100 metres and almost, well, uh, rock solid at, at least a length last 50 metres better than any other runner. And coming from where it was, that sort of tells me that that's probably the the the, the horse that I want to watch more than any other runner in that field. And I'm paying respect to the first and second horse, of course. That's interesting. He just beat Lindemann on a very wet Melbourne Cup day track, and Lindemann now, now around with Guineas winners. Uh, sorry, Rose Hill Guineas winner. Yep. And uh, uh, clearly, he, he loves wet ground. Uh, let's have a listen to the finish of the size produce. Bases loaded, being tackled by Militarise. And Militarise storms to the front from bases loaded. Don Corleone's running on, and further back to peer pressure. But Militarise is on, firing right up here on the English side, draws away for an emphatic victory. Walla, 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 and Joe Marrera got the horse to peak in a grand final. That's probably not a bad idea for a Group 1 trainer, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, what, what race are we talking about now, Ralph? So uh, this is the, the six where Militarise was dominant, winning by right. three and a half lengths. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> I sit back and look at this. How works this trick? Ralphie. And look, I'll go like this. Like, tagging the lead speed four lengths. Virtually every runner is deteriorating between the eight and the four. Yeah. With the exception of militarised. Why? You look at the energy efficiency. Eight lengths below benchmark first section. Actually managed to, I'll, I'll call it almost identical, but it, it improved itself between the eight and the four by about a half length, which virtually no other runner, well, no other runner could do that virtually, Ralphie, in the race. And then, uh, what do you do? Last 400 metres was a battle of um, who could hold on. And it's hard to sort of say, you know, what do you make of a situation like that? And how tough is that for two-year-olds? Like, that's so tough for two-year-olds, Rolfie. It yeah. really is. It's very, very challenging. I mean, it's gone like 11.3 lengths below benchmark. But I sit back in and say, well, we'll learn a few things about militarise as well. And you know into the future when you're looking at it from wet tracks and things like that. There it is, rock solid, 7.1 yep. on the WTO. Mind you. If Don Corleone was the next best wet track profile in that race with a plus 3.5, you know automatically the majority of the horses didn't even handle it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right, let's uh, get to the last race I want to ask you about because we've got a, uh, a, a listener question here, yep. or member's question rather. Sorry, I'm just getting this out. From Brody, hey boys, do you feel Opal Ridge was flat after a monster first up performance and a two week backup, or the data suggests it was the, just the heavy ground conditions? I will just put a caveat before you answer this, Vince. I watched the uh, the jockey comments afterwards, and Tyler Schiller said didn't help. We were put down on our nose at the eight hundred meter mark, and I I did check the stewards' vision, and it was lucky to keep its feet. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, we, there's a few things we can look at. Number one. We know this horse absolutely handles the wet ground. Right. The challenge is how are you going to do that second up with pressure? It's probably, it is tough. And can flatness come into play? For sure. Yep. Absolutely. Because it was a long break. It was a 161-day break. And the horses are far better than that. Now, track being cleaner, I don't – because the horse had such a – distinct advantage over the field, even because I took this into consideration myself personally, Rolfie. I did ask on Saturday morning yep. why it wasn't high, so yep. that's exactly why. Yep, and the fact was, even though it had a big edge on the field, 
and if it wasn't going to run to the, its absolute top, the reality is it probably still was going to be good enough to win, right? Yep. But maybe in the end, the tough ground conditions, that scenario, he's, the horses run well, and with a little bit of luck, I don't know, I'm sure this horse is going to have another run, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Then there's going to be a major chance for a super fill-up on the horse <laughs> when it turns up next start, especially if it's the same field, it'll just kill them. Do want to ask you about the winner, though. Magic time, Chief. Yep. Going things up and about it on the horse, was very confident about it, uh, and it's unbeaten, so I would say that unbeaten probably equals untapped. Does equal untapped, 0.6 above overall, which is a real positive. The horses. Come Adjusted back. up from 22.9. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had to, Ralphie. It was just one of That's those it. big things that you got to do, right? Exactly. But if we if we just come back to the mechanics, I like to always come back to the mechanics. When it won a pack and by, you know, the whole length of the straight, you could say, five lengths. Yep. That was minus 4.6. So the horse come back five lengths. Like, like right now, my starting point on my grid is you're somewhere at maximum at this stage, five length better horse, right? And good start. Yeah, maybe worst case scenario, you're only about two lengths better horse, but either way, you're set to run somewhere better than plus two, maybe. Nice. Um, just a, one, one question we'll get to. I know you haven't clocked Bendigo, but I just want to put it on the table for, uh, We uh, from Tyson. Uh, not for the swamp, but we're worried about Queen Air. Well, uh, Tyson, I, I, I do put this on the table that um, when they win like they did at Mooney Valley, and they're $1.80 out to $2, and $2.30 on Betfair. That's telling it hasn't paraded well, it hasn't trained well, whatever, because that horse could have easily have gone $1.80 into $1.40 off its win, Vince, and it ran like shite. Well, I'd like to just add one comment, and, I'm wait, and I can't verify this, right? Yep. And I'm going to verify it today at some stage, right? I only watched one race, that race, right? I wanted yes. to just see what happened. Right. Now... Am I wrong? How bad did the track look? Track looked terrible. Uh, man, looked. that looked yeah. like it, it was rubbish. Seriously. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, again, what did they say? S5? Was that it? No way. I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing the clock because that's what I've got to wait for. Right yep. now, I'm saying no way. That looked like a hell of a lot worse than that. So let's see what that does. Well, that can't help a horse. It's, it certainly can't because what we do know at Mooney Valley was the ground was nice and clean. Oh, of course. <sighs> that, that, I was so upset Saturday morning, Ralphie. <laughs> like I really was because I put a lot of work in. I thought I had a fantastic set. I was never going to bet at Bendigo anyway, so I, did, I wasn't phased by that part. But I, I was keen at, at Randwick. But it's the old story of life and the wisdom of life and the journey of life about the lessons that I've learnt for myself as an individual, how many times I've been absolutely beaten up, feel disgusted with myself about not A, respecting my money, yep. and B, not listening to the core facts and allowing my ego to take the better of me because I'm just a human like everybody else, right? But in more recent times, I have become a lot more hard-ass. I am extremely disciplined, Ralphie. It doesn't mean I don't make errors, but at least I make errors on my terms, right? Yes. Based on facts and figures. And as sad as I was, and and it took me a good couple of hours to get over it, Ralphie, right, was that I had to put the cue in the rack with the effort I did, and I just had this feeling I was going to make an avalanche of money, right? Yep. I um, did the right thing by not betting, 
yes, I actually still would have won because I went and looked at my set, but I did not bet. And I, I just look at it like this. I kept my um, my bank intact for next week and my mind clear and sharp into the future. All right. Well, Troy has asked us, uh, sorry, not roundwork related, bit of time. And if Vince has analysed the race, any comment on Live to Tell at Ascot? So we'll include that as part of the member's bonus. Uh, if you're a group one member, which Troy is, he'll, uh, he'll get uh, Vince's uh, reflection of that. This Saturday... Uh, and this will give you something to listen to on a, on a good Friday because we'll do the uh, we'll get up nice and early on Friday and we'll do a preview podcast of another day of the championships. This we just wanted a bit of luck with the weather because it looks like it's going to clear later in the week. Queen Elizabeth, Sydney Cup, the Oaks, the Queen of the Turf, the Arrowfield Sprint, and uh, the Sapphire Stakes. So it's a really deep card. Uh, let's have a bit of luck with the weather and let's di- deep dive into it on Friday. So you can get our preview podcast via my website, racetrackralfie.com.au, and all of Vince Cardi's work. It's via dailysectionals.com.au.